The Riftwood Village is quite a bit away, so we're going to be learning a lot about the land where we are as we embark on the next leg of our adventure. And for a moment, we see these four heroes. As Thorn and his body, he's got this ability to, for free, uh, that he can track any animal. Gray is definitely right up at the front of the group. He definitely keeps trying to reach branches above him that are way out of, <laughs> way out of reach. A squirrel. Dr. Turtle is, is just kind of sightseeing. Deer. But then she realizes as Zuri that she's not like really the one moving. It's like her body is just like moving normally. As uh, the five of you guys are making your way through the woods, you hear off in the distance the clash of metal. Maybe that's Maya over there. These are Zuri Chicha's charging. These creatures are a lizard race called a Lacertai. They are universally known throughout the realm for being fierce warriors. You will never stop us. Victory will be ours. And as the battle rages on, it's not quite clear yet whether they're heroes. Greetings, adventurers, and welcome back to another episode of A Game Called Quest. I'm so excited to have you back again. My name's Rose, and I am your friendly neighborhood game master slash guide, and I'll be taking you on today's adventure. I'm trying to think if we have any announcements today, but I actually don't think that we do, other than me just telling you that I love you, and you're amazing, and you're a star. Yeah, no, that's it. I got nothing. So, uh, without further ado... Let's jump into the game. Our story continues with the sound of clashing swords and bodies slamming against rocks, and the whispers of heroes hiding in the shadow of a large stone. As the late afternoon sun shines down and the early evening breeze fills the air, our heroes return from a confusing realization and flashback of new memories that they aren't familiar with. Memories of the Lacertai, a brutal but honorable fighting race of lizard-like creatures known for being somewhat terrifying, might be the word. Proud and powerful creatures, the Lacertai fear no one, even bullies that might make fun of their lisp. Basically, they're known for beating people up and taking no crap from anyone. And as the four of you are sitting behind this rock, you hear from behind one of them cry out, a battle cry, You will never stop us. Victory will be ours. As a side note, since Gray is having this memory of things that he didn't necessarily know himself, he hears this information about the Lacertai and what they are. A little voice in the back of his head kind of explaining this to him, a separate entity. Do you want to uh, share with us what that sounds like? Um, this is a Lacertai. It's a common lizard people of this realm. And I've... And he, the, the voice kind of peters up to a mumble that uh, he can't quite make out anymore. All right. So the four of you guys now know this information. 
You hear more shouting and rumbling behind you as you continue ducking behind this rock. What do you do? I want to help. But help which side? I mean, they're they're not good. They're not evil. They're just they're just people. Uh, okay, so both sides are like, hmm, can we just try and help stop it? Or are we pretty much at a loss here? Yeah, I don't, uh, I mean, what if we just kind of, we stayed out of bounds, uh, you know, made our way around, you know, let them do their thing, right? We could just, uh, we could just kind of stay out of it. Uh, Elise looks to Dr. Turtle and just says, um, is that the right thing to do? Uh, yeah, Dr. Turtle, is that the right thing to do? <laughs> <laughs> put it, put Dr. Turtle on the spot. It seems like he knows the most. Because we all, we all know that Dr. Turtle likes to interfere with the worldly plane when he shouldn't, or I'm sorry, when they shouldn't. Let's go talk to them. Oh, God. <laughs> I made a mistake. Oh I made a mistake. How do you avoid the oncoming onslaught of arrows flying everywhere when you walk out onto the field, Dr. Turtle? I just casually, you know, like, whoop, 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 just floating in the air. Just, just, um, oh, there's one whizzing past my head. No worries. Completely calm. All right, give me a roll. Just. <laughs> Jeez, how do you avoid them? I don't. <laughs> I just casually go past them. Give me a roll. Turtle goes with the flip. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Okay, so, wait, let me check. That is... Yep, that's a failure. You rolled a five, <laughs> so that's a fail. Okay, um, so here's the second plan. <laughs> it's... Uh, I think it might be too late for a second plan. Uh, you get hit by an arrow. Yeah, but I, I, tur I like, flip... It's on my it's on my shell, right? Yeah. No. No. <laughs> it hits you on yourself, and you take damage. <laughs> <laughs> you take one damage as an arrow hits you. How many damages do we have? You start with 10 health, so you okay. take one damage. Uh, however, in doing so, your choice to walk into the middle of the crowd while potentially harmful, which caused you to take a damage, was definitely effective in getting everyone's attention. So for a moment, everyone pauses and stares at you as you now have an arrow sticking out of your leg. All right, I'm putting these people to sleep. I'm gonna whisper a brief lullaby. Right on the wave of the sleep, yeah. Uh, tell me about that move real quick, okay, Dr. Turtle? Yeah, you whisper a brief lullaby, putting any number of nearby commoners to sleep for up to one hour. You can write your own lullaby or borrow one from another author, read it at the table. Creatures affected by the spell collapse and enter a dreamful state, but wake immediately if they are harmed. How many, how many can you affect at a time with that? It says any number. Ooh. Oh my God. Yeah. Really? Oh wait, it says you can intensify the spell to affect nearby minions at one a, uh, adventure point for each minion you wish to put to sleep. Okay, so they are all minions. How many of them are there? There are six. Uh, let's put five of them to sleep. Okay, uh, make sure you mark off the adventure points. Yeah. Suddenly a, a small thought in your mind of, of a nervous person who maybe 
ideated this character is like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, I'm gonna run out of adventure points, and you lose however many adventure points you would for that. What was that? <laughs> Wait, hold on. We have a bunch of AP from last time, unless that was all just jokes. No, it was all real. It was like 12, right? Yeah, you guys got a fair amount of adventure points. But your, your human character, Manny, Gareth, has high amounts of anxiety. Yes. You're gonna, you have a small worry that pops into your head unexpectedly about running out of power. Cool. Turtle, no, Turt observes that and is like, huh, there's a person in my head? Cool. <laughs> and then, um, sings a little, ride on the wave of the sleep, yeah. And puts everyone to sleep, except for one of them. All right. Uh, so everyone else behind the rock, you guys are just about to take some action to try to protect Dr. Turtle when five out of six of the lizards fall asleep. Yay. And the other one is like, oh my God, oh my God, what just happened? And uh, sh- goes to shake one of them awake. Does it, does it work? No, it doesn't, unless they get harmed. So I'm going to turn to the group and I'm going to be like, yeah, I got this handle, dudes. Let me just establish a connection with this with this uh, snake guy. Hey, buddy, what's up? He looks quite frightened. Uh, he is a he's got pink scales that are sort of like a or almost like a rose gold color. So he's like kind of like a metal lizard person, basically, with this rose rose gold complexion, and uh, he looks completely terrified that all of his friends just fell asleep and he goes uh, what did you do to them what did you do it's all good buddy they're just asleep they, they people don't just fall asleep like that it's just what is it what do you want from us we're just trying to find our friend what's our friend's name again <laughs> Maya <laughs> we call from behind the rock <laughs> Right. I don't know these things because I'm from here, but they're looking for their friend, Maya. Do you know her? I, no, I, I don't know who that is. I, I've never, I've never, I've never heard of a Maya. Can, can you, can you wake up my, can you wake up my, my clan? You don't have to wake up the other guys, but, but, but just come on, come on. Well, can we help? What's the big problem? What do you mean, what's the problem? Why, what, what's the fight for? He looks at you very, very confused. Uh, well, uh, come on. Yeah, obviously, like, we're, we're fighting. That's why. <laughs> we fight. That's like... Okay, but why? Because we need to get back with rightfully ours. And what's rightfully yours? He looks confused. He doesn't know. Uh, uh, you know, the thing that's rightfully ours. Ah. Uh, I turn to the group. I don't think he can help us. Um, could we give them something that, like, once we leave, they can wake each other up? Or do they wake up after a certain time? Just smack them. Look, what, what do you want? Why did you do this? This is, this is royally un, this is super unhonorable. In a proper fight, you wouldn't just do something like that. Why, why did you do that? Do you see? The, do you, 
I have, I've, I've done this to myself. <laughs> yeah, you done did. <laughs> and you, you're welcome. Do you see this arrow in my neck? I was just a passerby, but you all went against your creed to not hurt other other creatures. What creed? Yes. The snake person creed. Go ahead and make a roll. <laughs> That's not a real thing. You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That should have been the fact that you made up, not the lisp. 17! It's a 17! Okay. He looks a little embarrassed, and he, get, and he goes, You're right. We shouldn't be doing this. It's just, we're scared. Scared about what? If we don't fight with each other, then, then we're not fulfilling our, our, our duty to the kingdom, to the monarch. Oh... She told us we have to fight each other. See who? The monarch. Oh. Where could we find the monarch? Oh no 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 no. You don't wanna you don't wanna find her. She's 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 no good. She's not good business. She is not a good time. Uh said it's definitely not a place or a person that you wanna find. Well maybe you could fight each other in less lethal ways. Uh, so soccer, perhaps, or an organized chess game. What's what's soccer? Uh, here. Pretend I'm a ball. I roll up in a ball. Now, uh, use your head to nudge me along the the ground. He gets down on all fours in a manner that is absolutely <laughs> terrifying to anybody because he's a giant lizard. Yeah. And he he backs up and then takes a running start, skittering across the ground in a very, very intensely quick and somewhat terrifying fashion. He gets right up to you, right in your face, and, and then he nudges you very gently with his nose. Boop. There you go. Just like that. What? No, this... That's not how you do it. And Gray runs out from behind the rock, uh, yells, Pele, and kicks Dr. Turtle as hard as he can. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> go ahead and give me a roll. And to be clear, this is not a, this is not a kick to hurt. This is a kick to demonstrate how soccer works. I know. Oh, yeah. That's a 16. Okay, so you don't maim Dr. Turtle. That's good. <laughs> you do give a great you do give a great punt though. And luckily because Dr. Turtle can levitate slash fly, there's not like they don't hit the ground. There's no there's no painful impact at the end of this punt. And the lizard stands up and he goes Soccer. It is a very honorable sport. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's what I'm saying. I will best all of the other Lacerti in this valiant war. Yeah, all you need is goalposts, host. So you will stay with us and be our soccer? Uh, no. And that, my friends, is where we're going to cut to commercial.
That was a wink sound. Enjoy the artist spotlight. Hi, this is Brett. I play Gray and Yasalga. This week's spotlight is Games by B, an NYC-based artist who hand-makes custom tabletop RPG accessories. B is an agender craftsperson who designs and creates a number of amazing RPG materials like dice trays and dice bags, and often incorporates LGBTQ images into their work. They can be found at their Etsy shop at gamesbyb.etsy.com, on Twitter at gamesbyb, and can be reached by email at gamesbyb at gmail.com. We hope you will support this amazing artist and invest in their work. Hi, it's me, Rose, your friendly neighborhood guide. I'm here to tell you about a fun new piece of news. This podcast is now part of the Audible Podcast Affiliate Program. Audible is an amazing way to find access to tons of great books. If you think about it, audiobooks are really the original podcasts. In the ancient days of the 90s and the early 2000s, before Spotify and Stitcher and Apple Podcasts, there were cassette tapes of Lord of the Rings and CDs of Stephen King novels. In modern times, we have to get a bit more creative with our audiobooks, and that's why there's Audible. There are also so many ways to support queer writers and writers of color by downloading their books. Here is a few fantasy or sci-fi suggestions that we'd like to offer. The Priority of the Orange Tree by Samantha Shannon. Considered by some to be the best epic fantasy book since Game of Thrones. Hazel and Grey by Nick Stone, which is an African-American retelling of Hansel and Gretel. The New York Times bestseller of Blood and Bone by Nora Roberts. And Gideon the Ninth by Tamsin Moore, a story about a lesbian space necromancer. Hazel and Gray and The Priority of the Orange Tree are both Audible exclusives. You can get a free one-month Audible trial by visiting www.audibletrial.com slash a game called Quest. That trial includes one token to get a free audiobook. So if any of those sound interesting to you, now's your chance. Get the joy of listening to great fantasy stories without the frustration of having to wait for the next podcast episode. Try Audible. Slider's Return is a tabletop role-playing podcast featuring interviews and a D&D 5e actual play adventure, so you can learn about different game systems and content creation, while also listening to us disrupt everyday life on the Sword Coast. We release episodes every Tuesday and Thursday on your podcasting platform, so come join us as we improvise, adapt, and overcome. And now, back to the quest. I will best all of the other Lothertai in this valiant war. Yeah, all you need is goalposts, host. So you will stay with us and be our sucker? Uh, no. Well, then how will we play? Uh, I turn to Thorn and I'm like, could you talk to one of the creatures in this creatures in this forest to see to see if they'd be interested in being a soccer ball? Uh, tur- Turtle, who wants to be a soccer ball? Nobody wants to be a soccer ball. There's a lot of time that passes in these forests. I'm sure I'm... <laughs> Dr. Turtle just gives up on the lisp. <laughs> I'm sure you could find someone 
a uh, a hedgehog, perhaps, uh, m- maybe a a possum. All right, I'll I'll be right back. Zach's going to try to uh, look for the tracks of a hedgehog, which is going to cost me one AP. Yeah, so you find the tracks of a hedgehog. Uh, you find a burrow, a burrow with a little nest inside of it. And it's when you find the hedgehog, they are kind of like setting up their, you can see they're like nuzzling around, putting twigs and things, setting up their nice peaceful nest. What do you do? Uh, I'm going to speak with Animal for another adventure point, and I'm going to say, uh, hey, hey, uh, little hedgehog. It looks up at you with wide eyes. Whoa, you're talking. Yeah, you know, I, I, I can do that now, apparently. You want to go ahead and real quick describe to us that move? Oh, I have to touch him. Um, before I started talking, I just, like, reached in and I, like, did a little, like, Pillsbury Doughboy, like, and poke him in the tummy. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and uh, so I touch an animal, I form a telepathic bond with it for a minute, and I can interpret its thoughts and feelings. So, so yeah, I'm like, uh, yeah, hey, little hedgehog. Uh, look, uh, yeah, I can talk to you. Don't don't worry about it. It's just a, it's a thing I can do. Um, I was wondering, do you like games? Like uh, what kind of games? <laughs> Uh, uh, sports games uh, where you're the star. So he still just looks like a regular hedgehog, but you can just hear his thoughts. And uh, he kind of like runs in a little circle around the nest a few times, like super fast. And he goes, well, yeah, I'm, I'm super athletic. Yeah, yeah, I'm super athletic. Super fast. Super, super fast. Uh, all right, Sonic. Uh, listen, um... <laughs> It's not about, it's not really about you running around. Uh, it's about you curling up into a ball, which I know you're probably really good at, right? I am. I'm really good at that. And he rolls up into a ball and uh, rolls around his nest in a circle. Okay. Now, that's awesome. And that's exactly what we need you to do for uh, uh, a few new friends that I made. Um, and the only thing is they're going to have to kick you. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you want me to make a roll for that? I think so, yeah. I think you have to. That was a 12. All right. So that's a success. 12 is uh, a success. Have, yeah, 12 is a success. 11 to 19 is a success. The hedgehog goes, I mean, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe they won't kick you. Maybe they'll just uh, push you around with their noses or something. I don't know. I don't know how snake people do their thing, but, uh, you know. Nah, oh, man, I mean, I appreciate your honesty. Yeah. You really could have easily just not told me that was a part of it. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm all I'm all, all about honesty. Uh, so uh, Things get pretty boring around here unless, you know, there's like a war going on, which is pretty much every day. Yeah, well, you know what? Well, you know what just happened? We just put a stop to one of those little wars and... Um, you know, now it's time to play games. So uh, why, don't you, why don't you come help us out and you can be uh, a big a big hero, a big sports star. Oh, yeah, I'm totally down. Um, just, you know, point me to the winner's station. I'm sorry, <laughs> I don't know that much about sports. Yeah, me, yeah, me neither. Me neither. Hey, let me give, let me give you a ride. <laughs> and he uh, crawls up on your shoulder, taking the perch where Talon usually goes. I won't tell her. And the two of you guys have come back to the uh, rest of the group. 
and you pass off this hedgehog. So you guys get back, and everybody's slowly rousing the rest of the lizard folk, and they're explaining, you know, we're not gonna, we're not gonna fight, even though the monarch told us we have to. We're gonna fight in this other way, in this valiant war called soccer, where we kick a ball and uh, win that way. That's about it. All that they know. I'm, I'm sure to tell them that they need to be just a little bit gentle with the hedgehog until they can find a real ball. Thor, yeah, Thor, we can do that. As Thorn was out there. I'm pretty sure Gray has been correcting all of the Dr. Turtle uh, misgivings about the human soccer game, considering that Turt's a uh, a galactic turtle who has never necessarily been to Earth. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Um, Um, Is it like turtles like, and that's how you do a touchdown and and Gray's like, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely getting like a little bit like it's 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 driving him a little crazy. Like, no, that's not. Okay, so (laughs) this is you don't say that you go. And as uh, actually, as all this is going on, he hears uh, he hears that little voice in the back of his head again. What you see in your head, you can make that be. And Gray is going to use Mirage to form the uh, the illusion of a giant soccer stadium. Oh wow! You want to explain to us how that how that works and how much adventure points it costs and all that stuff? Yeah, for three adventure points, I can conjure a major illusion no larger than 100 meters in any dimension. The illusion can be of anything that fits within the space and you can program it with looping mechanics. For instance, you can create the illusion of an oasis, a pile of treasure, or a lumbering giant guarding their territory. If a creature passes through or touches the illusion, they will no longer see it. Creatures with the ability to detect magic may discover the deception. So, uh, Gray is going to form, like, the outside of it. You'll still see the ground in the middle, uh, where they're where they're planning to play, but there are now little stands all uh, circling that. You can see goals on either side and uh, some illusory human bystanders holding up a sign that says uh, one one that says go go mountain goats and one on the other side that says go Denver Nuggets for some reason <laughs> oh my gosh this is the most detailed illusion ever I love it so you guys spend the rest of the evening basically teaching this group of six lizards how to play soccer you guys it turns out that the other ones they weren't they were just unconscious like the ones that you had seen like the bodies <laughs> when you guys first arrived they uh, were just unconscious you spent some the rest of the evening kind of tending to their wounds teaching them how to play the earthen game of soccer so that they can kind of skate by this rule that has been given to them by the monarch that they have to fight each other and that they have to engage in daily battle Uh, you managed to give them a way around that. So they're very, very grateful, actually. Toward the, as the sun is setting, Thorn slash Zach, you hear a caw over your head and Talon swoops down and lands on your shoulder and then clip-clopping in the distance as uh, you look and you see Daisy running with his sword up as if he's going to, like, rescue you from whatever is going on. Uh, No, it's it's good, man. Uh, I think we got it covered i'm sorry we sort of maybe come back for you i guess sorry your bird was very restless but we did our best and you can see he's got like 
scratch marks all over him as if like he got in a fight with a cat, basically. Uh, Talon, you shouldn't, uh, Talon. She just squawks <laughs> and nuzzles you in the neck. Okay, good bird. She missed you. Uh, sorry, dude. Uh, you know, we've already got even teams. Uh, <laughs> unless, and then Craig looks towards Zach. Uh, unless the, the bird can play, and then I don't know if that's allowed, but, and then he kind of like inwardly thinks to himself how that would work. It doesn't. <laughs> so Zuri just kind of like looks up and she's just like, like this whole thing, like she's just kind of been like in the back, just kind of like trying to watch, but she's kind of just been like floating away from the group, metaphorically, just like not feeling very present because she's still pretty devastated about feeling like the sound was coming from like Maya and it turning out into this. So she's having a hard time like enjoying this. And she kind of just like pulls back and she's just in her own world. And like while this is happening, she can actually feel herself becoming more Elise. But she just looks to the group and she just says, that that's all right. I don't, I don't really, I'm too tired to play anyway. You all go ahead. And then she kind of like steps away from the group. And I think as you, when you step away, Daisy kind of comes up beside you and they are adjusting their hair, which is, has a couple of bird feathers in it and brushing uh, off their robes. And they say, your friends, they are very easily distracted. Can't blame them. It's better than to sit around and mope, yes? I suppose. But I think I have to part ways with you. I have to get back to my village. I'm sure I will see you again when you arrive, but it just seems that I prefer to travel through the night and the group of you seem to have other business. But what will we do without you? How will we know where to go? Well, seeing as you managed to somehow, by the seat of your pants, end a war, I believe I can trust you with this object. And they pull out a silver compass and uh, it has a sort of glow around it when you put when he puts it in your hand it feels warm what is this this is something i use to find my way back from the rift these woods as you may have noticed are quite unpredictable this is my careful compass elise clutches the little item in her hand and then I don't know why, she just kind of uh, feels emotional because this is the first gift that she's received since this entire crazy adventure started and it's like the only thing that feels like hers at this point because it was a friend gifting this to her. So she just gets like a little teary-eyed but she doesn't want to like show it so she kind of just like says, ah, oh, the sun is in my eyes a little and then she like smiles and then she like puts her arms around the little horse and gives him a hug, them a hug. Uh, Daisy looks, gets very stiff and uncomfortable, and then he, they, they use he, they pronouns. I don't know if you've noticed that kind of, they're kind of <laughs> interchangeable. So if you accidentally say he, that's okay, but uh, okay. they use he, they pronouns. Um, they put their arms around you and they pat you somewhat awkwardly on the back <laughs> and say, uh, your group, uh, I hope that you find what you are looking for. This compass is enchanted to take you to the Riftwood Village, which is where you will find the first few pages of the Master's Guidebook. Elise nods and, like, pulls away and says, Thank you for, for taking care of us. It is my duty to ensure that safe passage through the Riftwood is possible for all who are worthy of it. 
Please do be careful, though. These woods are very dangerous. Lise nods and, like, looks back at the group to see what they're doing. What are they up to? Yeah, what's everybody else doing? I guess we're playing soccer. I mean, does does Daisy go off without talking to anybody else, or is that, is that it? Daisy uh, definitely comes by to bid you all a farewell. He explains that he gave you guys the careful compass. He explains that it's enchanted to take you to one place. It's what he usually... So Daisy is a basically responsible for making sure people that come through the veil make it to their destination safely and people that are going to the veil make it there safely and kind of overseeing and making sure that nobody bad tries to come to the veil so basically daisy needs to go back to get the next group of travelers to make sure that they can make it safely to the veil so he can't stay with you guys but he gives you this compass that he oftentimes uses to make sure that he can uh, get safely back and forth between the village and the rift how will we find the rift when we find Maya? I thought you were going to take us back to Earth. He says, you can come find me. If you come back to the Riftwood Village, I can safely take you through the Vale. Is that satisfactory to you? He gives you kind of a, like a knowing look, like he can tell that you're the one that's going to have the most questions. Yeah, I, I was just, because the compass only takes us one way. I was just, I was worried that... How would we, we would get back to the village eventually maybe, but then how would we find the rift? But if you'll be in the village sometime, someday, then maybe we'll find you and you can lead us back, right? Yes, provided you have all the proper paperwork and things of that nature, it should be relatively easy. Paperwork? What, I mean, what do we, what do we need, passports? In order to, when I first met you, it was, it was pretty simple. It was clear that you'd accidentally traveled through the veil and I was prepared to easily transport you back to where you came from, but after you've traveled around the entire realm, we have to make sure that you're not going to accidentally take any magical artifacts with you or something. Oh, okay. I guess we'll figure that out when we get to it. I mean, I, I could give you a detailed log of all of the procedures through which you have to go through to get back into the veil, but it sounds like you probably want to find your friend first. Yeah, yeah. One bridge at a time, eh? Yeah. And with that, they, they see clops off into the woods, disappearing behind the trees. And a little bit later, the gang of lizard folk start packing up for the evening, saying a nice goodbye to the hedgehog who has, looks a little bit uh, dazed, perhaps, but is smiling, or as much as a hedgehog can smile, is still trotting around fairly casually and happily. Oh, oh my gosh. Uh... Gray, I hope Gray taught them to at the end of the game line up, <laughs> line up, and good all high five each other. Game, yeah, yes, yes. They do, and with all of the unconscious people having woken up, it's like it's like ten ten of them now. So there's like two groups of five, and so it's like a line of these like metallic snake people, lacerti, just running down the line, like giving high fives to each other. It's a it's quite the sight. It's quite the sight. They all bid farewells and say, you know, we hope to see you again. And off they go into the woods, leaving the four of you in the clearing, just in time for the sun to set and it to be dark. And as you'll remember, Zach, getting extremely cold by the moment. And that's where we're going to end our episode. Thank you for listening to another episode of A Game Called Quest. A Game Called Quest is an actual play audio drama of the tabletop role-playing game Quest, created by T.C. Sodic. 
Every other week, we all do our best to create a really fun, collaborative storytelling experience. We're so glad that we get to share it with you. Please remember to leave us a review, particularly on iTunes. If you don't already have an iTunes account, that's okay. You can always make one just for the purpose of leaving us a review because that is the best way that we can spread the love of role-playing games, diverse TTRPG communities, and other things that we are really passionate about. This project is created by the hard work of many people, including the amazing players, myself as the game master, and my additional co-editor, Sean. All of our social media links can be found in the description box below. Info about the music used in this episode and info on how to find this week's content creator spotlight are all also available in the description box. As always, feel free to follow us on Twitter or Instagram at GameCalledQuest, and we would love for you to join our Discord and be a part of our nerdy community. That's it for today, folks. Thank you so much for adventuring with us this week, and hope to see you next time on A Game Called Quest. <laughs>